Hey guys, it's Siege here. As you know, TC and I are brand new to this podcast game and are still learning the ropes. We noticed some audio issues this episode and wanted to let you know that we noticed it, we're working on it, and hope you enjoy the episode nonetheless. Here it goes. What's up, bros? Welcome to Bra Meets World. When it's Bra Meets World. <laughs> A Boy Meets World fan cast. I'm Siege. And I'm TC. I have to admit, I think this is when Boy Meets World becomes Boy Meets World. Well, um, funny you say that, Siege, because I, being the Boy Meets World fanatic that I am, Watch this episode twice, one without commentary and one with cast commentary. <laughs> and the executive producer, creator of the show, Michael Jacobs, said himself that um, this is the episode that really started us off. Yes, this this is the episode. I love that. I love that it, he said that because I watched this episode and I was like, this is Boy Meets World. Everything about this is Boy Meets World. Every character has something to do. Every role is fulfilled. We get, a, 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 actually, from all of our main characters, we get a moment with, uh, for the first time, uh, that we, yeah, for the very first time, we have the full Boy Meets World cast as we know it. Um, yeah, it just feels like all the all the pieces fall into place. Yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> So uh, let's get into the episode and start with our segment, Tell Me About It. All right, uh, that's where I read the Hulu description and you tell me a little bit more. This week's episode says Corey is teamed with an unpopular girl for a school project. Uh, again, sh- short and sweet. Uh, what do you think? I like it's funny because I wanted to scream, Topanga is finally here. <laughs> yeah, it really just feels like, I don't know, like, as a as a lover of the show, when you're first introduced to Topanga, you just you know that she's going to be such an important part on the show, and she's just so fantastic in this episode. And one of the things I learned from listening to the commentary was that she was cast literally like 24 hours before they shot this pilot, this episode. That is so. Crazy. She stayed up all night learning the the lines while her mom did her hair and then just came in the next day and just killed it. Yeah, she does. She does so great in this episode. And we will, like, really get into it. But, like, I, I even wrote it down later and we could talk about it more. I was like, Topanga feels lived in. Like, she feels like – very much like when Minkus showed up. Yeah. Like, she just felt like the character and you felt like you knew the history of this character without knowing the history of this character. Sure, sure. Uh, so to your point about the tell me about it, I feel that Corey, you know, befriends a unpopular girl. That's that seems like a fine description to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. Okay, so getting into the episode of Corey's alternative like alternative, sorry. Corey's alternative friends. Uh, we open up uh, in the class where students are given a presentation. We meet two popular girls. I don't think we're ever really given their names. Like no one. I, I didn't. I refer to them by their actress by the actresses' names. Yeah, because uh, one of the actresses is Marla Sokoloff, or how do you say that? I could never say her name. Yeah, Marla Sokoloff. It's S O K O L O F F for anyone who's trying to Google it. Anyway, if you've seen her before, she is a very famous '90s kid show popular girl. She's like in everything. Yeah, she was just that girl you saw like in the classroom scenes of 
all of your shows. Like she was in Full House. She was in Step by Step. She was in Home Improvement. I know she did some other shows you were referring to later on. Yeah, like later she does like an episode of Friends. She plays like Joey's sister, Dina. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She plays Dina. And then also she's in. All right. So we don't have to really get into this, but have you ever seen Sugar and Spice? I have not. No. All right. So I feel like you would love Sugar and Spice because it is a terrible movie, but it is an awesomely terrible movie. And you know I love bad movies. I know you love bad movies, and it's so good. And it's so, like, it's in the vein of, like, Bring It On and Legally Blonde. And it's just, it's trying to be one of those. And it's, again, it's a terrible, terrible movie, but fantastic. I love to watch a movie crash and burn. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, yeah, one of our uh, popular girls uh, we've seen before. And the other actress is who? Who'd you say? The other actress is Megan Parlene. She is the blonde girl in the scene. Um, and she was, you might recognize her from the 90s show Hang Time, but she was also the originally cast as Topanga. I'm so glad they, they switched her out because I feel oh, like she's, sure. she's like not even comfortable in this role. It's a bit role. And I'm like, ugh, casting stuff. Well, I just thought she was too conventionally attractive. Oh, yeah. I can get, I can see that. Like, I mean, ugh. Yeah, I, that's not my real complaint. I mean, mostly because we're talking about five-year-olds. So, like. well, Because this role is so like, hey, I'm alternative. Hey, I'm weird or whatever. And like Topanga just has such a uniqueness to her physicality as well as just her, her backstory that I didn't really – I don't see the other girl pulling off. But maybe, you know, makeup. Yeah, maybe with like makeup and everything she could have. But I just – I think that she didn't do – or she could not have brought to this role what Danielle does. So um, anyway, no, it's Megan. If you listen to this, we love you, girl. <laughs> the girls are giving their presentation on biodegradable products, and there's like a huge recycle poster behind. Which the only reason why I bring this up is because like we're getting that. Uh, which, by the way, when I look we've back talked on, about this. Yeah, it's a lot of like propaganda, just like uh, the save the environment, which is probably why we're so active now. It's a very, very much of a. Uh, yeah, we didn't realize how much of this we were taking in as kids. Like, yeah, we was, were taking it all in. Captain Planet, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, the girls do a great job on their presentation. They have strong visuals and key points, as Feeney points out. And Feeney calls on the next team, and that's Corey and Sean. Which is like the very first time that Corey and Sean is Corey and Sean. Yeah. There was yeah. always Third Seat Kid. There was He was always mixed in like Minkus and, and Black Third Seat Kid. This is his first time just being Corey and Sean. And they're kind of established as best friends. They hang out together after school. They're, they're a, a duo. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited because this is, as I said, where we get the ball rolling. They have, they are supposed to present on air pollution. Um, and yeah, whereas the girls had like all these really good props and everything, the boys jump up, they go to the front of the classroom, they pull down the map, and they each have like one of those little old fashioned pointer things. Uh, yeah, it looks like they broke off uh, like a TV antenna. Oh, yeah, that's actually like a really good point. This is probably the only way they could have gotten those. Uh, and then they each like are pointing to the map incorrectly which i love that little bit We're oh like, that's such a funny joke <laughs> yeah. that they do so it's like, like denver to, like, and new mexico po- and like philadelphia <laughs> yeah exactly and they're just adjusting each other uh sorry feeney is doing that thing where it's like he's not correcting them in the middle of their presentation but he's like a, you're way off um and he's just again what they kind of show here is 
Feeney's seasonedness as a teacher. You know what I mean? It's just like a this is not Feeney's first rodeo, and he's just yeah. Sure, sure. He's he's rolling his eyes at the old thing because and it seems like he knows that this is eventually going to end up being about the Philadelphia Phillies, which it ultimately becomes because. This is the fourth episode that we've established Corey's love for baseball. It's exactly. the most consistent thing about this show so far. Exactly. Which is actually really funny when we get to later on in the episode, because if you didn't know what baseball meant to Corey, like it would be very easy to write this off. But I think it's in fact such a big symbol because now we know and it's established how much Corey loves baseball and the Phillies. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, Again, and it's been in every episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So clearly the boys have dropped the ball in their presentation presentations. Um, and Feeney says he doesn't blame the boys. He blames himself for letting them choose their own partners, which I got to have to agree with. Like, I'm like, this is totally your fault. Uh, but he goes, all right, so I'm going to mix up the teams and uh, Hunter, you're going to be with Mr. Minkus, which they both do that little head uh, on the forehead thing. Well, we kind of learned from the previous episode that Minkus and Sean have really great comedic chemistry. Oh, yeah. Just with really- the back and forth of just like, you know, teacher's pet, plumber, that whole thing. Um, there's a good dynamic between the two of them. And it's also great because it almost comments on like class structure and it comments on like, you know, the advanced kids versus the intermediate kids. And, you know, <laughs> Did you just call Sean dumb? (laughs) No, no, no. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's that there is a separation, especially in high school where those classes are really divided. And, you know, I didn't have certain classes with certain kids because of that. So there is a a separation that occurs. Yeah, you know, I get that. Um, But he then says that Corey will be with and Corey assumes a Mr. Sullivan. And I only brought this up because it's like a. Again, they refer to like all these other characters. And you're like, oh, we've never met this Mr. Sullivan. He doesn't nope. even he doesn't even come up again. And so it's like a <laughs> he's no seat kid. He's no seat kid. I like it. Um, and he goes, actually, I'm going to put you with Miss Lawrence. And this is where oh, Corey goes introduced to Panga, and we get to Panga. And I love, I just love this moment. I love that the first time we hear her name is from Corey. Exactly. That's a very good point. Uh, And then she, of course, uh, she turns around and she asks for his hand, Um, which is a very interesting just way to introduce her. Her first long line is give me your hand. Well, I mean, right off the bat, we as an audience learned that Topanga's batshit crazy. (laughs) <laughs> you think she's crazy? I don't think she's batshit crazy. She, she's an alternative very, kid. If, if someone came up to me and was like, let me take your hand. I want to read your aura and your energy to see if our spirits coincide. I'm like, like, what's your, like, can we like high five? What's the deal? All right. See, but you live in Florida and I live in LA. So <laughs> that's right. a lot. Oh, because I'm right. not going to lie. I looked at everything that's supposed to make Topanga weird. And I'm like, that's literally the Burning Man crowd now. Like, I literally just Well, I, I will say that, that the alternative kids are way cooler than the cool kids. Oh, yeah. Well, like, they're way cooler now. But I'm just saying all the things that, like, were highlighted as to be weird are just... It's just it's just predates itself. <laughs> I, took, I took those notes too because I was just like, no man, like Minkus is eating tofu because he's like super health conscious. Like, go Minkus. Like, exactly. 
<laughs> it's a it's a funny little thing. But yeah, so she goes to ask to read his hand. He gives her hand and she says that his aura is acceptable. Uh, he gets up and he's like, thanks. Uh, and asks Feeny if he can be swayed. Um, and yeah, go ahead. What's the joke Feeny makes here? Explain he goes, this I'm Gibraltar. Joke. You don't know that? It's the Rock of Gibraltar? It's unmovable. Oh, I did not get that reference. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, it's a, I, what is that? Like a colloquialism or... I don't know. It's like a it's a common saying, the Rock of Gibraltar. That means you're unmovable. Uh, and that's kind of like what uh, Feeny meant. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I, maybe, maybe the peeps in my hood didn't say Gibraltar. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's, I mean, I do not know. And I could completely be speculating. But I do believe that's where the Rock got his name from. Like he's the Rock. He's unmovable. Uh, mm. Yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm pretty sure that's a riff off rock, the Rock of Gibraltar. I mean, I could be wrong. I'll look it up. I don't know enough about Dwayne the Rock Johnson's history to comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it fits if that's not what it was for. But anyway, um, Corey says that uh, Topanga is strange and he doesn't want to be with her because she's strange. And Feeney says that strange is in the eye of the beholder. And uh, he has a neighbor who likes to sing along to his little sister's Barney tapes. <laughs> All right. So a few things about this. Yeah. One, uh, like, that's kind of like a weird thing for like him to bring up the fact that he knows that. Like, like, at what point is Corey like, so are you looking into my house windows? What's going on, guy? <laughs> well, no, I think, I think especially not even in here, I think it's just known that, and we've seen it, Corey lives his life very like unaware of other people, first of all. And then on top of that, right. um, the last two episodes, I believe like he was just doing an activity outside or like with the door open. So I don't believe that it's hard for Feeney to like, hear what's so going on. I, I'm just trying to figure out the Feeney's a peeping Tom. That's really <laughs> what the bottom of He's not a peeping Tom. I think he's just one of those people where he is invested in the kids next door. He follows these kids for the rest of their life um, in their formal education. Yeah. I'm going to say... Maybe a little too attached. I'm going to say... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not pull strings at the Barney listening part. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... Well, I, the other thing I wanted to say is that Feeney says, you know, strangers in the eye of the beholder, which ends up being the thesis of the episode. Really. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. I think uh, we're we're totally going to get into that. So then we have our opening and yeah, and and that's our, our cold open. Man, I'm sick of hearing this theme song already. I'm already over it. Do you just do they have the option to just skip? I mean, I purposely listened to it just because I told myself like <laughs> when we started watching this that I was just going to make it like when I was growing up, I would sit through the commercials and everything. So I was just like, all right, let's look every time. And I, I man, I hate that decision. I'm probably <laughs> Actually, it. I'm going to hold you to it now because I, I, I know. And later on, it's fine. But like now it's just, I can't get this stupid tune out of my head now. I'm so, it's so easy for me to like, uh, ignore it. And then also like, I just, you know, it's just like a cute little jingle, but I don't hate it as much as you do. So, um, we open up after the code open and the theme song to the cafeteria and the two girls who were presenting are by the vending machine and Marla's character says that she doesn't want to invite him uh, to her party because he's a Brillo head and Corey overhears them and Corey with his whole hair situation assumes that he's talking about them or that they are talking about him. 
few things about this as well. One, you know, Corey's my identical hair twin. So I got mad sensitive about this <laughs> on Corey's behalf because I feel you, dog. Like, I get it. What's Secondly, really? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to say that um, even though, like, we find out that they weren't talking about Corey eventually, but we... <laughs> They're rude. It's a rude thing to say. It's a, it's a bully thing to say regardless of who they're talking about. These are middle school girls. I don't know if you know this. Well, I know that you know this, but like middle school girls are middle school girls are known as like some of the meanest people in the universe. Yeah. Like, you don't get meaner and more mind games than middle school girls. Like this is where they and also they're like again kind of like mature for their age. They're already throwing parties. This is we are entering like I guess and maybe it's just my experience. I never we didn't really have like popular girls or cliques like that in grade school. Like in middle school, definitely. But like, in, like obviously, grade school ended for me in fifth grade, and for them in sixth grade. Yeah, exactly. This is sixth grade, and imagine. Remember, we did have them in sixth grade, and I think that that's the important point. Like yeah. for sixth grade, um, we definitely had them, and I think it. I think that's just the age where they start to form, where kids just get shitty. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they're talking about this. And Corey says, so uh, he goes to Sean and he's like, what do you think of my hair? And this is where we get that little back and forth again. Sign of the times. Guys don't ask guys that question. Not cool, Sean. Yeah. And then uh, he goes, do you think I'm a Brillo head? And Sean goes, no, you're more of a nerve head, Uh, which is funny. He's still trying to make light of it. I did not. I did not think that was funny, Sean. (laughs) Someone with a Brillo head did not think it was funny at all. Uh, And Sean says, you have curly hair. So what? And this is when Corey's like, that's fine. You have hair. I'm a Chia pet. And... Yeah, and, and after he says that, there's like this little audience laughter bit, and that's when Sean does this thing where he like runs his hand through his hair, the way that like all '90s kids with that Jonathan oh yeah Taylor Thomas hairstyle did, and like yeah, what happened to this hair? I feel like I've only seen this hair in the '90s, and I haven't seen it since. I, you're right. I'm not. You know what happened to this hair? What happened to this hair was everyone cut it off. In the new millennium, like it was short and spiky, and we did. Yeah, everyone pretend. turned it in the damn faux hawks, but like this was like pretty badass hair, I think. It was, and I think we'll find some kind of middle ground to it because what happened was everyone cut their hair and they did the little spiky hair, and then Bieber came out and everyone did like the little Bieber bangs, and now man buns are in and they're doing all that. And I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm with Corey. My hair has never allowed me to do any of those styles, so I'm always oh. jealous. <laughs> and, and immature had me thinking I could immature. my hair and, and straighten it out, and it, that did not work for me at all. I tried to straighten my hair just like Corey did, and it did not work out in the same way. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because that is so true. Okay, um, but after uh, the boys have this conversation, Topanga joins and says that um, since they've been assigned, uh, since her and Corey have been assigned to work together, she's gotten Jedediah to drop her off. Uh, Corey's like, who's Jedediah? She goes, oh, that's my father. And Corey, we kind of get this little exchange on like what's weird and what's normal. Corey says that he finds it weird that 
And like a normal person, he calls his dad dad. And she goes, well, how do you tell him apart from the other dads? And I think that's like a really good – it's again, she's critical thinking. Yo, this is honestly like – this made me as an adult think. Like who are we? What is normal? What is actually like conventional and non-conventional? And who am I to even say what is – like it really had me thinking about some stuff about my – like in my life trying to learn these lessons that – 11-year-old Topanga was spouting out to Corey way back when. I'm still learning. Yeah, no, I actually think it's really funny because when I think about it or when I think of something like this specifically, how I take it now is that it's, oh, that's just how you do it. Or if I, if it is different, I assume it's a cultural difference. Uh, in the very layman's terms, I would have been like white people stuff. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like... A- sure, sure, sure. I mean, I mean clearly- definitely that's what I thought originally with Washington. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's not a white people thing because Corey tries it later in the episode and Amy's not having it, but it's just a thing to where... Is Gibraltar a white people thing? <laughs> it could be, and the fact that I know that, I don't know. Like, again. <laughs> um, so... Hold on one second. Yeah, so she responds that, how do you know, how do you tell them apart? And... This is where I pointed out that to me in this moment, Topanga really feels like a fully fleshed out character. Like I understood that she's not doing this and it's not weird to her. She's just this is how she was raised and she thinks differently. Yeah. What we see here is that her weirdness is not just some trope for humor. It's actually being used to show Corey uh, an alternative to his own life in the way that he can learn lessons from her. So she becomes a valuable tool in his uh, understanding of the world. And like it's just like. Being a kid and being introduced to a new culture or something like that. He's he's learning something different than his own house and his own family. Do you think that's like the purpose that she serves like continuously? Because I feel that. No. uh, Topanga. And what I mean by that is that she. I mean, for a little bit, she's just a weird character and she kind of always gives us a different point of view from the mainstream. But when she becomes more of like the main female version we get like a female's version of she's really only this hippie this season yeah like by season two she's kind of cooled off by season three she's especially cooled off by season four she's not even resembling this so i think what we're led to believe is that much like Corey is evolving with exposure to the world topanga really only had the influence of her parents who you know were super trippy and as she's getting to know sean and Corey and everyone else and her own experience she's learning that she's more than just what her parents raised her as exactly you know and honestly uh not not to go too far down into the future but yeah i think I, I agree with you. That's just how I'm going to say that. Um, all right. So we go back and right before she leaves, she does say, um, oh, wait, wait. Sorry. You wrote down that you wanted to write something. Oh, oh, I just, you know, um, Corey, you know, they're talking about their relationship and Corey's like, hey, uh, Topanga, can you give me and Sean privacy? And Topanga says, fine, I'll respect your space. And I wrote, is Topanga woke? Because <laughs> That was a super like thoughtful and like considerate thing. And it just had me thinking about her whole personality, how she's super like environmentally friendly and she's very considerate of other cultures. And I'm like, yo, like she's Bay. She's been Bay. <laughs> she's still Bay. Is she woke? I think so. 
<laughs> we we can talk about like Topanga's woke scale like in later episodes. I feel like that I think I definitely agree with you where Topanga is definitely more she's way more 2017 in this episode than I think we as a culture will be for quite some time. <laughs> love, love it. Yeah, exactly. Um so Right before they leave, though, and this kind of ties into Topanga's awareness, um, she asks them to sign a petition to save Mrs. Rosemead's job. Um, and they're like, who's Mrs. Rosemead? Of course they wouldn't know because she's the librarian. And she's saying they're trying to force her into retirement, which is classic sec- our ageism. Uh, and again, this is like she's handling like really mature issues. Yo, real talk. Um, who was our librarian's name? <laughs> That's not fair. I'm terrible with everyone's name. <laughs> I, was I, was say, to think, I was like, I don't know. I have no idea who our librarian's name was. I knew our middle school librarian's name because she was also like a councilwoman. I remember that. Um, and then our high school librarian you're right honestly dude like i i couldn't out of a lineup i'm like the year the only reason i remember my middle school librarian is because she looks like the lady who killed selena (laughs) (laughs) we filter everything through television by the way so you should just know that um also you know what i'm not gonna lie just thinking about it right now with the school librarians yeah i just don't I only knew middle school librarians because of like the scholastic book fair, whereas like that stops being like a really big thing in high school. So you just don't. We didn't even really have a library. We had a media arts center. We did. Oh, dude, that computer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used the library for. That yeah. and, and uh, the yearbooks. Like the old yearbooks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. In the media center. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm going to get back to it. But uh, so this is where Sean goes, wow, Feeney must really hate you because he feels that for Feeney to stick Corey with Topanga, it's like a really a dig. And this is honestly another moment where we think or we see that the kids think every action Feeney has is motivated by like his hatred or like the scheme that Feeney has. Which I feel is accurate. As a kid, I I feel like I talk like that about my teachers all the time. They were out to get me each and every one of them. (laughs) Well, with you, I think it may have been like it actually out to get you. But again, to say we've said this before, you were definitely more of the Sean at this age. So maybe it was. I don't know. That's it's just the mindset of a a, I had as a kid. So I I was a bad boy. Sue me. (laughs) Each. Um, Corey goes at least he didn't pair me with Minkus uh, and Sean goes Minkus doesn't even like me he doesn't trust me he doesn't respect me so I know he will do all the work and I gotta admit I like Sean's way of thinking (laughs) he sees this as an opportunity yeah I mean we know Sean's not gonna do the work he didn't do the work last time (laughs) exactly this is what I'm saying we saw the presentation they gave (laughs) Um, so this is when we are introduced to the weird table because uh, they say look at them and we see the weird table and we have like this cast of misfits they call them the cast of the Adams family uh, and what do you want to say oh I just wanted to point out that there were, okay so we're introduced to the alternative kids they are alternative friends is how I refer to them in all my notes Just okay yeah I got weirdos I go with the kids I'm like they're, they're the weirdos 
we're introduced to them. Um, we see like a guy playing like an electric keyboard, which I don't know what's weird about that. There's, uh, Mink is playing chess. Um, there's a guy in a cape for no inexplicable reason. <laughs> um, and then there's also this girl that doesn't seem to have anything wrong with her at all. She's just in overalls. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The overalls, in the, in, the, in a way, that that could get you at the table. The only thing I saw, like, I I really studied her, and she had some paint stains on her overalls. Oh, so she's thought, oh is she is she an art kid? Is she Lainey Boggs? Is this a she's all that type of? Thing? <laughs> yeah, maybe this is. Maybe this is like the precursor to she's all that. She's like an art kid, and that's just like their little hint. Because other than that, she was like a normal kid. She looked like everyone else in the cafeteria. I was like, what What up, Bay? What's up? Mm. Uh, what I do like is the, um, this little bookend, which I think is really funny. Sean says, don't they care what they look like? And then Corey replies, who cares what they look like? What am I going to do about my hair? Uh, and I like this for two reasons. One, that's a nice little joke on, you know, investment in in what other people think. But then also this is boys with body issues. We're exploring a brand new topic that you don't get very often uh, in a, a boys themed. Yeah. And I feel like Corey's kind of great for that because um, he is this awkward character. He's always been an awkward character and he's an awkward character surrounded by other characters who don't seem to be awkward. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like his brother's really attractive. His sister is good looking. His friends are good looking. His parents look great. Like he just has always felt misplaced. And I think that that kind of insecurity, um, I don't know. I found it really relatable. You know, I mean, well, my whole thing is, I don't think that, that Corey's, it's weird because again we're talking about middle schoolers but i don't think that he's like unattractive or like unconventional it's just that he's not conventional especially at this time again sean has this like jtt joey lawrence type hair like the hair that's in the hair that's like promoted everywhere and the hair we all wanted we all wanted like i mean it's just that hair and Corey is not that. And I do think that it's really interesting to see because, again, they don't it's not like we're dealing with uh, they don't say, oh, you're Jewish or he's a minority of some sort. It's just within the walls of being uh, a regular. Oh, is, is Corey supposed to be Jewish? No, I don't think at all. But I'm just saying that, like, it's one of those things to where. Sure, sure, sure. He just has curly hair. Like, even Sean even says, he's like, you have curly hair. What's the big deal? Exactly. Um, but to help him out, Sean says that he'll see what his sister does to straighten her hair. And, um, yeah, this is where we're introduced to Sean's sister. Okay, so there is an actual story, a reason for this, because if you watch the show, you realize Sean's sister is never brought up ever again. So when I'm watching the director's commentary and the cast commentary, they start talking about why Sean has a sister to begin with. And it comes back to Third Seat Kid. There was a Third Seat Kid, a new one that did not work out. And Third Seat Kid was the one that had the sister and everything. And they had to recast the last minute. They couldn't do it. And they said, hey, Sean, why don't you just we, we absorb these two characters into one character, which 
really kind of stays that way for the rest of the show. So the reason why Sean has a sister that's never brought up again is because it was not planned for his character. It was just a last minute decision. Ah, that's interesting. See, in my mind, I mean, that's great. But for the the world of the show, I'm going to say that we're still at the point where Sean's family's whole. <laughs> you know, and I think that makes more sense that he, yeah. again, is not poor yet. His family is still whole and maybe has some kind of like half sister that's not really a sister or something exactly that's what i'm going with i think i'm gonna go with the fact that at this point in time sean's family life is he has his mom he has his dad he has like this sister that i would say that there's like basically the matthews house reversed with sean and his family in it yeah i'll give it i'll give you that yeah 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 um so the next scene that we see after he agrees to do this is uh, Corey and them. They're at home. Uh, Morgan says that if she goes up to Amy because Amy's doing taxes or something. I don't know. And she goes, if my <laughs> doll- what is she doing? I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she goes, if my doll is cold, uh, can I put it in a toaster oven? And Amy goes, no, that would be a mistake. And she goes, okay. Mommy, I made a mistake. And again, this is like we get this Morgan cutesiness. Such a sitcom joke. Yeah, oh. but I love this joke. I love it. No, Morgan does pull it off really well. Morgan pulls it off. And so, of course, this leads Amy to run into the kitchen. And with Amy running into the kitchen, we see Corey and Topanga. They're studying at home, which, again, I think this was just like a good segue to get everyone in the scene. Um, but then really focus on Corey and Topanga. Well, the thing is, is that like Morgan puts this doll in the uh, toaster oven and Amy rushes into the kitchen and Corey's in there with Topanga and uh, Amy's like, why didn't you do anything about this? And Corey's <laughs> like, oh, you know, I don't remember the excuse. He goes, I thought we were having plastic for dinner. <laughs> yeah. But my whole thing is like, Topanga, you're supposed to be woke. She's like grilling plastic. That can't be good for the environment. You guys are doing the project on the environment. We're yeah, I mean, that's a very good point. But I think, you know, again, we're not going to look too closely at this because it gives Morgan like a little bit of chance to echo the message of the episode. Because when they he does pull, beautifully, which they pull out the doll and the doll is like comedically television flat and for the record, that's not what would happen if you put it <laughs> yeah, no, Not at all. Not it at would all. ruin your oven. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls it out. It's like comedically flat. And Morgan goes, I don't care what she looks like. She's my doll and I love her. Um, and then very much in the trope, the mom goes, well, we'll just get you a new doll. And she throws the existing doll out of Okay. Oh, yeah, exactly. So now that we're back uh, and we see that Corey and Topanga are studying, they talk about their project. Corey says that their project's on the ozone layer, and he just wants to keep it short and sweeter. The ozone has a hole, wear a hat. Um, and then Topanga says that she wants to do something a little less conventional, more performance. Sure, and yeah. uh, Corey says no, and, and no one laughs at conventional. Let's stick with conventional. Uh, and then this is when Topanga hands her a poem and... Oh, do you want me to oh, read wait, wait, wait. the poem? <laughs> yeah, well, you don't have to read the poem, but you are literally going well, on and on about this poem. I know. Well, this to me is a very important moment in the show's history um, because 
I, 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 to me, this is the moment where Corey and Topanga had their first moment of real, like, comedic chemistry together. Um, Topanga is asking Corey to read a poem while she does this interpretive dance. It's very ridiculous. And while she's dancing, she's putting, like, lipstick all over her face, just being a super weirdo freak. And... Corey's like looking at her like she's super weird, but it's one of those things where like you look at kids who are like hitting each other on the playground and you're like, oh, that's cute. They have a crush on each other. Yeah, yeah. It's all like it's sweet. They they are definitely sowing those seeds of like this this connection that we know will will grow. But they do it in a way where it's not forced, it's not really obvious. It's very, very subtle. And Corey's kind of talking to her like it could be Minkus. It just happens to be a girl. Um, I don't know. I I feel like Danielle Fischel just is so charismatic that she literally just sucks you so far into that screen. You just want more of her. You're like, I want more of her. I want more of her and Ben. Their chemistry together is so good right off the bat. I just want more of that. No, no. I mean, I agree with you when it comes to their chemistry because it's definitely they have the timing down and she seems really concerned because afterwards he goes, yeah, we can do that in the class, in front of the class. But uh, how about you just hit me in the face with a baseball bat or something first? And she goes, didn't it have meaning? She doesn't even respond to that. She's like, didn't you think it had meaning? And uh, he goes, well, people are going to laugh at it. And she goes, well, I don't. Why do you care what people think? And why do you care if they laugh? Um, and it gets like into this whole little thing where. I, well, I wonder- again, it's it's Topanga's challenging something from Corey. She's challenging his worldview. He is a normal kid and he's trying to dress normal and fit in and do what all the other kids are doing, you know, buying a cool water gun and, you know, watch staying up late and watching TV shows that they're watching. The, everything that's cool to him is what's cool to everyone else. And Topanga's like, what's cool to me doesn't need to be cool to anyone else. And it's just, it rocks his whole world. Like, he can't even comprehend this. Exactly, because we get into a thing where she says, and I have to admit, this is like very, like, uh, again, airy, new wave thinking. She goes, people who laugh deplete their own karmic reservoir. And then that's when Corey's like, you're going to be one of those girls who doesn't shave her legs, aren't you? <laughs> not cool, right? <laughs> and again, well, it's not cool, but also a few things about this joke. One, I don't think Corey even really knows what it means. I think it's just another thing where it's like a Corey has this expectation and there's like a thing where girls shave their legs and the ones that don't are because they're trying to be new wave and they're trying to be different. And he just knows weird. And for him, weird is just what his family doesn't do. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like maybe even like Eric has mentioned this or something, but it's sure. Yeah, definitely Eric, because he's serving no other purpose. At this point. <laughs> well, then he goes um, to me and goes, I haven't decided yet. And he was like, do you try to be weird? And she goes, I don't think I am weird. Um, and Corey says, people laugh at you, though, and I'd rather blend in. And that's when Topanga is like, a, well, you do a good job because you're just like the other boys at school with the exception of your red hat. Um, and well, one thing about that, I just wanted to say was that she goes, um, yeah, um, you look like all the other plain wrapped kids, Ah, which I thought was just like, Ooh, like wake me up to Pango. Like (laughs) all just like 
buying our same old navy polos and driving in our same stupid cars i get it topanga like you're 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 doing it yeah i mean again this is very much topanga's like well yeah you're just like everyone else um and you're doing a really good job at it which kind of hit me hard because it is something to wear now one of the best things you can be is different like especially as you get older you just don't want to be like everyone else and you can see these seeds start like conformity start in this storyline and I, you agree with Topanga you're like hold on to that Corey that's what makes you unique well the heartbreaking thing is this is where conformity starts for all of us Siege <laughs> so they're, they're, we're watching Corey go make the same mistakes we did yeah exactly and again we're yelling don't don't do it it's a trap do it. <laughs> um, so uh, that's when Sean comes in and Sean comes in and says that he has the stuff. Oh, I, I do want to say one thing. Uh, Corey has a hat um, yeah. that Topanga kind of grabs. And Corey's like, oh, I waited for this hat for an hour. And Topanga's like, well, if it's important to you, it's beautiful. Um, I just thought that was a really, uh, again, the audience is, you hear them kind of like awing over Topanga when she says these things. And you just feel that like everyone is loving this girl and her chemistry with him. So I have a question about that. And I will say that I do not, I noticed it a, a, a different point in this episode, but have we always had a laugh track to this show? I, from what I've gathered from the commentary, they did shoot for in front of a live audience. However, sometimes a laugh track was used in addition. No, the only reason why I'm asking is because I do not remember audience reaction in the first three episodes. I just do not remember this. Ooh, we've talked okay. about like we've talked about several things, and I do not remember hearing oohs and ahs. But in well, this episode, it's like there are moments where we literally pause for the audience, and I'm like, uh, "This is brand new." Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's that's interesting. I don't remember. I traditionally like some pilots aren't just because they're not always like guaranteed to move on, and they don't really want the disturbance of an, an audience. We'd have to go back and watch. Uh, Sean walks in and says that he has the stuff, uh, but when he walks in, he looks at Topanga and she has this lipstick all over her face, uh, and he's like, "Use a mirror, babe." And uh, you had a little funny thing about. Oh that. yeah, from the commentary that uh, Ryder Strong, who plays Sean, and Danielle Fisher, who plays Topanga, for years, every time they gave each other a birthday card, they would sign it, "Use a mirror, babe," which I thought was really cute. Yeah, that is it is very cute, and that's a great. Again, this is like a, a great delivery from Sean, where it's like, "Use a mirror," like just the babe and everything about it it's very sitcom best friend and it's very sean's character too i love it yeah i love it love it uh and then he asked uh, Corey asked topanga what do you think of my hair and she says it's beautiful like a desert tumbleweed and that to him is enough to be like all right you gotta go we have a different that's not a today. compliment at all it is she's saying it is to her remember or the earth is natural and beautiful in its own way and yeah but to Corey, I mean, someone literally just called him a Brillo pad. Like, <laughs> Again, it sounds to me like someone's taking this a little personally because this is a compliment. Again, <clears throat> this is this this does touch touch close to home. I do have to admit. <laughs> so uh, 
he goes that they have a different project to work on and she's like well what project and sean's like hey so you know how dolphins get stuck in those nets and she's like yeah he goes nothing to do with that and then they slam the door on topanga lamb it right in her face and just kind of like push her out and i was like wow mad harsh like, yeah of she, course again she was it, over there to help you out with your assignment that <laughs> said you failed essentially the first time but yeah but at this time also we're dealing with uh middle school boys they're not very Again, self-aware or like even considerate. Um, oh, this entire episode, Corey's obsessed with his own problem. Exactly, his own problem. So that gives us to Corey's room where they've found a solution to Corey's problem, which they have put some stuff, some kind of relaxer in Corey's hair. We see him come out of the bathroom. He has stuff in his hair. Oh, man. And he asks if it should be burning. <laughs> and they go, well, how long? He calls his sister and he's like, how long has it been burning? And Stacy said, or Sean says it's been 45 minutes. And Stacey says that you should have washed it out 45 minutes ago. And then that's when... Corey runs to the bathroom. He's screaming. The scream is heard. They show it like expanding out. You, as you see, you know the state, the world, the galaxy. And yeah. He comes into the room, and his hair is just a mess. His hair looks. I'm really trying to be descriptive to the people who will not watch this episode. It looks as if Donny Osmond's 1970s hair has melted. And then hardened. What what did they put in it for it to be hard as well? Like, oh, I mean, I this Ben Savage is clearly wearing a wig. Throughout, oh yeah, well but, that's clear. But like yeah. in general, and like in in the yeah, I just it did look hard. It looked like a hard piece of plastic. I don't know what that even was. Exactly. Well, that's what they kind of point out because Amy comes, Amy and Eric come in, and they see him, and they scream and. Amy's like, what did you do to your beautiful hair? And Corey says, it wasn't beautiful. It looks like Velcro. And um, Eric's like, well, nothing's going to stick to that because it's just like this smooth, plastically, plastic looking um, wig that we know. But like his hair is just a mess. Sure. Yeah. Well, and Eric has beautiful hair. Well, yeah. Like Corey says, you got the good hair. And this is this is the moment where we pause and the audience goes, woo! And that was the moment where I was like, wait a minute. Like, has this been here the whole time? I don't think it has been. Well, what struck me is just that why it, 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 I guess they're trying to do something with Eric's character by making him like a sex symbol, just because I guess the show is without one currently, but the show is without one currently because it's marketed to kids. Like, there's no reason for there to be like, like a, ooh, sexy guy. I don't know. It felt a little weird for me. I, I don't know. I completely disagree. I think that it fits. Eric is the older brother at this point in time. Um, and he is, he, he's a cute teenage boy. And seeing I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, he's, again, his character is doing nothing else. So if that's the role he needs <laughs> to fill, then. But yeah, he's the, we talked about this earlier. Eric is the older brother who, from our perspective, has everything together, at least at this point. Sure. Sure. So that and it's kind of what makes Corey stand out. You said it earlier. Eric has his act together. Eric has the looks. He has the height. He has some status in school. And Corey doesn't have any of these things. Um, no. And now he has a ridiculous hair. <laughs> yeah. Which Eric says he'll be lucky if it doesn't fall out because someone at school tried the same thing. And now she's bald as a cue ball. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan, well, Alan comes in and says the exact same thing. Yeah, Alan's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be careful. A guy at work tried the same thing, and it's just he's bald. But I did notice in this scene, Alan's hair is kind of curly. Like, well, I will give you this because this is something I've noticed as well. His hair's not really curly; it's more like a coarse. Just a little coarse. Yeah. Like, I mean, like wave to it. They're not really father and son, so it doesn't really matter. But like, I think like, especially in this episode, when we're talking about hair, I think they make it very much a point to kind of show because Amy and uh, Amy and Eric show up at the same time and their hair looks similar. Like it, it looks like Eric has uh, Amy's hair. Whereas. Yeah, well, even Amy has, I mean, I know it's probably added in, but she ha- does have curls. Yeah, but like it's it, again, as you said, it's like an added curl, and then her hairstyle in this particular scene doesn't highlight that. Her hair is kind yeah. of like half pulled back, and it looks closer to Eric. Again, I just think that they're trying to do something where it shows like family hair and how that goes, and how Corey could have gotten a texture. I don't know. That was just something that I I pointed out. Yeah, uh, yeah. But <laughs> they they ask Corey what he did, and he's like, "Look, I don't know." exactly what it was that I put in my hair, but I do know this. I'm not going to school tomorrow. Oh, from the moment he says it, you know the joke. Of course, like, the we get that transition. classic television joke. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Cut scene. I'm doing the thing I said I wasn't going to do. Exactly. And he's now in class wearing his red hat that we had brought up earlier. And, of course, Feeney tells Corey that it's time to present and he needs to remove the hat. And there are no caps in his class, which I was like, again, Corey should have known this, which he probably did. He was going to try to talk his way out of. And then also, how can no one see Corey's hair even with that? That was my complaint was that you could clearly see that Corey had straightened his hair regardless of him wearing the hat. It's like, you you mean you got on, you, you went to school, you hung out with Sean in the cafeteria beforehand like you did in the first episode. Like, it never came up that your hair was straight? <laughs> but we haven't gone to the cafeteria yet because we do that a well, bit I'm, later. Well, I'm just saying that we've established that they do hang out in the cafeteria before school true. from the pilot episode. Very so. True. Clearly, he's been hanging out with his friends up until the point where class starts. So no one said, hey, what's up with the hat? Your hair looks straight underneath. It also looks <laughs> like plastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Feeney makes him take off the hat because he, he goes, Corey goes up to Feeney and is like, look, if there's one shred of dignity in you, please let me keep my hat on. And Feeney goes, too many sixth graders have bled me of my humanity. Take it off. And that's when You're he right, takes Feeney. it off. And the class burst into laughter, as they should. I burst into laughter. It's really bad with the hat imprint on it now. Yeah, because this weird thing happens with Corey's hair, where it seems to morph into the shape of a hat itself. Yeah, like again. it has like a a lid. It's just it's, it's so stiff. The joke is that his hair is so stiff that it takes the form of the hat. And it just made what was bad even worse. And it's really, really to me, I have to admit, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed. The only way for this to make sense is <laughs> before he pressed his hair to the underneath the lid of the hat. It, it is a very silly look. Like someone that had like a lot of fun when they were doing the hair, they were like, let's make it look like a hat. Yeah, like, yeah. So with that, uh, Corey turns to Topanga, who he's presenting with, and he goes, go ahead and laugh. I know you want to. And 
Topanga looks at him and says, your hair looks different. Why would I laugh? Which again, we get like, what's what's funny about being different? And feel my heart, sweetheart. Like you're you're a beautiful soul, Topanga. Yeah, her delivery in this is very sincere. Um, you believe everything she's saying. And I think that's the key. A hundred percent. Yeah. So the next scene we get is we're in the cafeteria and Corey is looking for a place to sit. And Sean and a third seat kid who we will just no name third seat kid uh, says that there's a seat over here. Duckhead. And so even his friends are making fun of him. Yes. Um, well, Corey joins uh, the alternative kids table at this point. Um, yeah, because Topanga offers a seat. She says there's a seat yeah, over yeah, here yeah. for you. Yeah. And Corey decides to join uh, the weirdo table because even though we saw them earlier, right now everyone's mocking him. And this is where Corey feels he belongs. Well, as soon as, like, Sean sees that, like, Corey's headed to the table, he's like, oh, man, come on, I was just joking. But at that point, I like, I don't think Sean was being malicious towards Corey at all. We're not supposed to believe that. It's oh, yeah, no. Joking around, you know, how little kids do. They, but Corey was sensitive enough to change his hair. You know, this was a sensitive enough topic for Corey to do something about it. So I think that we're supposed to read again, whether or not Sean is like really trying to be mean. This is something that Corey feels very sensitive about so much so that he doesn't feel like he belongs where he usually would be. Um, And he joins the weirdo table. Uh, And then we have our little commercial break. So after the commercial break, um, the girl comes up to the weirdo table and says that she uh, couldn't get anyone to sign their petition, which Topanga had mentioned earlier. Uh, And that's because Corey says it's because Mrs. Rosemead is old and, and no one cares about older individuals. Well, you know who does is Cape Kid. Yeah, Cape, Cape Kid. Cape Kid is all like, oh, you know, in, in Eastern cultures, you know, old people are revered and they're, you know, considered as wise. And I'm like, yo, Cape Kid is woke as well. Like, this kid appreciates other cultures. He's not down with the ageism. I dig it. 2017 is the place for you, Cape Kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think what we're getting from it is these these kids are all, again, ahead of their time. This entire table, most likely, are a group of people who would do really well in 2017. Like, they, they would kind of be the stars of the class. Well, this also makes me think, too, that, like, these are probably, like who our friends are now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. These are the people who we're friends with now. Uh, definitely the individuals who I deal with on a daily basis here in LA. But um, yeah. So off of that, Corey says he's been meaning to ask Cape Kid something. <laughs> and this is where it gets weird. He goes, you've been wearing this cape since the fourth grade. What's the deal with the cape? And this is when Cape Kid's like... What cape? And it's, it's like a dumb joke. It's such a dumb joke, but it made me laugh like <laughs> a genuine laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's a dumb joke. But then also, I remember distinctly, and maybe they did this. It's like when we look at the table, the table of weirdos for the very first time, you see, oh, weird kid with cape. And so the fact that he doesn't acknowledge it kind of really drives in the point because they've made this cape where it's like a you can't miss it. So the fact that he doesn't see it just it, it, it's hilarious. Uh, I, 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 he has to be messing with Corey. Like, <laughs> there's no way you cannot know you're wearing a cape every day. It gets in the way. It just does. <laughs> That's a very I good know, point. Bro. I know. It, it I tried. You, you know what? You, I'm not even going to go about that. Um, anyway, Corey says that no one's going to sign their petition because they're weird. Um, and 
that's why he says he says I say so respectfully because I am now one of you and and that's one of the things that I will say it's like this is where we get to see again how smart Corey is in other ways these kids are all seen and kind of shown as intelligent and ahead of their time but Corey has some smarts of his own well I mean yeah I mean Corey is kind of realizing he's like you know what I'm part of this group let me just kind of try to make the best of the situation well yeah well he he does that but he also says that you don't know anything about the kids that you're trying to reach Corey's telling the kids that you know you need to know your audience i know these kids you know they watch beavis and butthead and they're you know this is my group i know how to talk to them i can help you get your petition signed Exactly. He says that uh, uh, he says Beavis and Butthead, which, again, this is where the audience woos. And we kind of see that, uh, you know, there's an outside of perspective, which, again, this is just the point where it's like, I do not think we had audience participation before. It felt weird. Like, it, yeah, it was really noticeable. And it just it felt like, why are like, it's know, just so obvious. Yeah. show woo for Beavis and Butthead. It just seems weird. Well, yeah, exactly. And also, I have to admit, according to everyone, you and I didn't clearly. You've already said that you didn't have cable and I just wasn't allowed to watch it. But we didn't watch Beavis and Butthead. But looking back on it, from what I'm told, everyone was watching Beavis and Butthead. Uh, correction. I got cable. I just got it late. <laughs> I got cable like 93, y'all. But guess who was there to watch Beavis and Butthead and Beavis and Butthead do America? Your boy right here. All right. You know what? I will give you that. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Corey says that you need to sell your idea. You have to know your buyer. You have to organize. You have to strategize. And you need to know who your people are and, and know that they're not you. You guys aren't. The target, which I think is, again, great advice for anyone who's trying to create anything. I mean, sure. Yeah. Go, um, go where the people are. Exactly. Know your audience. It's 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 perfect advice. Exactly. Well, what's interesting, too, is that while they're talking, they're looking over at Sean's table where we see Sean and third seat kid talking to fourth seat kid and fourth seat kid looked really familiar to me. So I did an IMDb search. It's an actor named Sam Horgan. Um, he was on the show Grace Under Fire, but I guess. <laughs> the character Spike from Little Giants. Uh, of course. See, and that shows where we differ because I did. I was like, this kid looks familiar. But that's because I watched Grace Under Fire a lot. I, oh, I, knew okay. I watched the movie Little Giants a lot. <laughs> Again, to me, that makes so much sense for who we are, because yeah. I would know way more about Grace Under Fire than I would about Little Giants. And I feel the reverse could be said of you. I know too much about Little Giants. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, and then, of course, we end this scene where uh, Minkus says, are you proposing to help us? And Corey says, yes. Uh, and they ask why. He goes, because life is strange and now so am I. And this is where we get our classic Ben Savage delivery. And that's like, again, we're referring back to our thesis statement of what it means to be strange. And Ben's like, you know what? I used to call other people strange, but I'm realizing I'm kind of strange, too. So maybe strange isn't so strange. Yeah, exactly. The next scene we see, uh, Corey is in his bedroom. He we see him with like these 90s curlers in his hair. Giant curlers like my mom used to have in the 80s. Everyone had those curlers. I actually remember my mom had that entire box set. Yeah. Of like the little pink curlers. Uh, and Eric walks in on him and he's like, look, I'm just trying to get my hair back to normal. And that's when Eric's like, yeah, look, no, I, I won't say a thing. 
But then he takes a picture of Corey with the curl in his head and say, I, I own you. And again, there's no other reason for that scene other than to show that like everyone is merciless. Mercer. I can't even say the word. Merciless. Yeah, merciless. <laughs> well, I think the point is to show that like every step of the way, Corey's like, I know there's a lot of other stuff going on, but this hair is really bothering me. <laughs> like, I need to do something about this. So but it, like it, this, this is him like saying like, Look, I'm trying to get my hair back to normal, which kind of explains what happens in the next scene. I love the next scene, but with his hair being what it ends up looking wait, like. Yeah, so but I have to say, I'm not gonna lie. Corey's hair struggle, I completely relate to. For me, if my hair doesn't look the way that I need it to, I can't I can't function. I can't do things if I don't feel like my hair is a way that makes me feel comfortable or represents me. I'm wearing a hat right now and I wore the hat the moment I was off work because at work I can't wear it. But like I need a haircut right now and I don't feel comfortable. And I understand Corey's obsessive nature with his hat right or with his hair right now because yeah it's a very big part of who he is and at least when he had curly hair he was like oh i'm a nobody but i could be someone now he feels below where he even started or it's like that feeling of just like when you get a really shitty haircut and you're just like stuck with that shitty haircut until your hair grows back out again i would rather i kid you not i would much rather shave my head i've done it before where it's like i've tried something risky with my hair and i didn't really like it and i just shaved it all off it's way better to me to do that than it would possibly be to walk around for two to three days with bad hair it's All a right. bad situation. We feel you, Corey. We're, we're there with you. We, we sympathize. Yeah. So the next scene we get is the we are with the weirdos in the hall and they're all waiting on Corey. And he uh, Corey's late and they said that they don't think he's going to show up. And then this is when Corey turns the corner looking like Don King. And I only said that he looked white, like... White Don King was the first thing I wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down Don King immediately, which they bring up lit that reference later, but his hair, he looks like a troll doll. It is just like... <laughs> yeah. You can't help but laugh. So much so that the people who took the high road earlier, Corey goes, I know you people are too smart and mature to laugh at something like this. And even the weird kids are like, dude, you've crossed the line. Like this is yeah, even Topanga laughs at him. Which yeah. I thought it's other character. Cause she's been re- re- like the entire episode. She's like, no, you're, you're not, you're not weird. I'm not going to laugh. And then this time she does. I'm like, yo, what's up with that? Because at this particular point, I get this, when he turned that corner, I laughed so hard. This is not like the very first time where like he straightened his hair and you can tell it was like a mishap and you feel bad for him. The way his hair is right now, it is just, it's, it looks like an acne rocket just went off. Yeah, exactly. He just, he looks so bad. Um, so anyway, they, Corey is like, look, are we going to help Miss Rosemead or not? We learned that the kids plan to protest and block the hallway as soon as class ends. Corey says it's Friday afternoon and we're the roadblock to freedom. Well, Corey kind of orchestrates this whole plan. He's a real like freedom fighter right now. Yeah, well that, and again, he, he does understand his audience. He, Tells us in that one sentence that we're the robot to freedom. He goes, all right, we are literally giving them what they – we are making it where they need us. They need to do what we want them to do in order to get what they want, uh, which is a great 
you know, just shows his name. But when all well, the- so you, what you're basically saying is that Corey advocates for people marching on highways because they he, he I literally he, thought of Black that- Lives Matter because you and I are both from Florida and I've had plenty of conversations about this. Um so that's a whole other discussion in and of itself. But yes, I would say that uh Corey would totally uh see uh why you block the road for a Black Lives Matter protest. Sure, 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 sure. Uh so the kids <laughs> the kids come out of class, the kids come out of class and they are immediately run into the weirdos. They're like, look, we're not moving until you sign. Uh, one of the kids says, look, it's Don King making that reference that we made earlier uh, and mocking Corey. And this is when they kind of show the rest of their plan. They say that, you know, we're not moving until you sign. If you sign, then she gets to keep her job. And if she doesn't keep her job, then they're going to get a younger librarian who's more uh, aware of the goings on and has something to prove and it's just it's in everyone's benefit and the kids kind of buy it and they go to which the- by the way is a great point yeah no it is like, he's like, the reason he's able to win over this audience is because he he's selling a great message like yeah you want to keep messing around in the study hall you don't want someone that's going to try to be like impress feeny yeah, and, and that's the point. It's like Corey, un- he does in fact understand these kids. He understands what drives them. And it works. And everyone goes off to sign. The weirdos are happy that their protests work. They un- unhandcuff themselves. And we just have Corey and Topanga still handcuffed together while Corey's handcuffed to the lockers, which they did earlier. And, well, they're, uh, kind of like, they're just kind of like in the glow of just like, oh, our plan worked. Like they were just kind of like enjoying that little moment that they didn't even notice that they were left alone until. Well, Corey doesn't room. notice because Corey is just kind of like on his high. He goes, it was kind of fun staring down an angry mob. Uh, I didn't know I had it in me. And he's really proud of himself. Um, and that's when Topanga goes, the reluctant warrior is usually the strongest warrior. And this is when Corey notices that it's just the two of them and he's handcuffed to Topanga and Topanga's giving him this weird look. Well, yeah. And well, Topanga, I don't know. She looks at him and you, you know, this, this entire episode, she's been almost trying to teach Corey like, Hey, what you what you look like does not matter. And so when they're in this moment where Corey just basically did something nice for a group of people that he didn't have to do anything for, Topanga is feeling this kind of like she's got she's got eyes on Corey. She even says she's like, you know, um, he's like, you, you're not going to kiss me, are you? And she's like, well, I would have to know the person. and I'd have to like the person. And of course, she likes Corey right now because he just did something super awesome for her and her friends. Like, well, yeah, you know I think I mean? it's one of those things where it's like if you're dating someone or like even if you're not dating someone, if you kind of think someone's cute, what really points like pushes that point over is when you see that you have something in common with them um, on like on a core basis. And she and Corey don't really have a lot in common, but she's still, you can see throughout the thing, she does like him as a person, but Corey doing this and stepping up and kind of being a leader in this situation, she's like, ah, you know, there is more to you than just being like all the other plane wrapped kids and he's not a plane wrapped kid. That's what she learns. Exactly. And, and that's then, why I think she goes in for the, for the smooch. For the she kiss. pushes him against this locker. And when she does this, I kid you not, I screamed. I was like, Oh my God. 
so adorable. <laughs> it really is because they're babies. Well, they're babies, but then also Corey does not move. Like his body physically does not move from the moment that he's pinned to that locker. He's just like taken <laughs> aback. You know that he knows what's about to happen and he just he just has no reaction. Well, something I heard in the commentary, too, was that Ben Savage, the actor, was actually terrified of the kiss. He thought he was going to get the disease and die. (laughs) (laughs) Ryder Strong kept saying that he was terrified of this kiss. So when you see it, it's not just Corey being weird. It's also actor Ben Savage having his first ever on-screen kiss being terrified. That is terrible. That is so much. That is so more adorable. I honestly could yeah, not so love cute. this scene more. This scene, when she pins him against the locker and he's just like he's stuck and she goes in and she kisses him and again Corey doesn't move even after the kiss and she goes, Yeah, it was my first kiss too. Oh, which means we we missed we uh, kind of went over something which I love. She goes, um when Corey's like, You're not gonna kiss me, are you? She goes, Would it be your first kiss? And he doesn't answer and she goes, Cause it would be weird if your first kiss happened when you thought you looked horrible. She said it would be interesting. Interesting. It would be interesting if your first kiss happened when you thought you looked horrible. Yeah. Yeah, because then you would know it's not how you look, it's what kind of person you are. Which again, it it does echo what we said why she kisses Corey in the first why she- because again, she's not only is she super into him, but she's been trying to teach him this lesson. And I think for her, it's it's that lesson too of just like, you know what, I want him to know that it doesn't matter. And I feel that this is a way he'll learn that. And exactly. It's it's just it's, it's so memorable. cute. I honestly I could not root for this moment more. I'm watching this again as a fan, but like even if this is my very first time watching this, because you do forget a lot of the dialogue, this was just such a well done moment and scene, and I loved everything about it. Yeah, and the other thing is that I just got major uh, Wonder Years vibes from this episode. It just, I, I don't know, just the whole thing with the alternative kids and the first kiss, and you know, having a bad hair. It just uh, to me, it, it felt like something that may have been a little more dramatic, but still might have existed in the Wonder Years universe. Well, yeah, I think it's just it's a. Uh... It's something that you do very often. I think I just watched Stranger Things, which, again, I know you're not all the way through, so I won't talk that much about it. Please, no spoilers. (laughs) No spoilers. But I just watched Stranger Things. And again, this is like it's a coming of age story with kids. And there's uh, even towards the end of this season and even season one, there's the same kind of chemistry where it's like you're, you're telling the story of children becoming adults and when it works well, you can just tell. And it kind of all ties into like the Wonder Years and Boy Meets World and Stranger Things. All yeah. of this is in this time. When you have a cast that sells that message, it's nostalgia for everyone. Well, and again, I think the other thing, and we we kind of touched on this, is that these don't feel like Disney kids. These don't feel like manicured. I've rehearsed, uh, you know, uh, overacting. It feels like these are genuine performances. And again, this group of young people are just so great with everything they do. But 
right here, especially like you feel so much sincerity from Topanga's performance and from from Ben Savage's performance. I I, I don't know. I this episode is just home run, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> save it for great. But <laughs> to end out the episode, we have our epilogue, and Corey's back in the cafeteria, and his hair's back to normal. Uh, which I mean, just kind of as like a little side thing. I was like, how long is this after? Because I don't know what I'm they did to Corey's hair, but like how they get it from Don King to looking like normal again. Sure. I'm sure he. They, it was a weekend, and his mom just took him to somewhere to get it done. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Corey's back to normal, and he approaches the two popular girls who we saw earlier, and he says, "You know, it's not really nice for you to talk about people and call them Brillo head." And it's really funny because Marla's character is like, "What are you talking?" Like she even has this like, like "We weren't talking about you." Uh, and the blonde one says, "Don't flatter yourself. We." We're not bored enough to talk about you. And (laughs) a great comeback, by the way. But it is. Yeah, they're like kind of mean girls. But this is when Corey's like, oh, you know, everything isn't about me. And I just went through this whole journey of insecurity because I thought they were talking about me and it had nothing to do with me. Um, Again, and that's just a big fat mirror at us realizing that our insecurities are brought on by ourselves and not by other people. And Boy Meets World teaching me all the lessons I need to learn in life. (laughs) Uh, And then we, from there, Corey goes and he's about to pick his, we see a scene where it kind of mirrors earlier when Corey had bad hair and he's trying to pick where he sits. And this is when Topanga and Minkus are like, hey, there's still a seat over here for you at the weirdo table. And Corey says that he promised the boys that he'd eat with them. And so he goes to join Sean. Um, And then this is where Sean says that uh, there's a touch football game in the backyard after school. Uh, Which just resonated with me because, again, with our theory, if you guys are following along, (laughs) Sean still has money. He still he has a backyard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is when Topanga says that she notices that Corey's hair is back to normal and uh, she invites him to sit with them. He's going to sit with his regular friends and they sit down at their each of their own table. And that's when Topanga pulls out a little red baseball cap from her backpack and puts it on and looks over at Corey and he looks right. at her and yeah. It's a very sweet moment. It's very cute. I'm done with you. I just saw your note. (laughs) Is this Corey's hat that he gave to Topanga or is Topanga wearing a red hat in a way to inspire Corey to be an individual? Because if Corey gave her this hat that he waited an hour line for... Are, are that's some dating stuff. Like, what is... No, I think, uh, yeah, again, I think I, you can read that either way because we'll have to see if he wears the red hat again because that hat has been uh, prominent throughout what we've seen so far. But I, I think John's sister wears it later on. Okay, okay, okay. But <laughs> it's one of those things where when I saw... <laughs> I just got that. I hate you so much. <laughs> But it's something where I I had the same question. I was like, is this Corey's hat? Did he give it to her? Or is did she just go out and get 
a, a similar hat to kind of show that, yeah, you know, her and Corey we are audience have every reason to believe that Corey gave Topanga that hat. There is nothing to suggest that there is a second hat. There's only just that one red hat that she keeps saying she's so in love with. It makes sense to me to think, all right, they made out and he was like, hey, thanks for being awesome. Here's my hat. And that's like a little cute thing they have. Yeah, and you know, I kind of get that for the mere fact that um, Corey waited an hour for that hat. So it would make sense just in in canon that uh, that is the same hat. All right, and then that's the episode. All right, is there anything else you you wanted to point out that we didn't cover? Yeah, I feel like I got to a lot of the commentary stuff I wanted to say. Um, but just the, one of the things was just that the cast referred to the third seat in the cafeteria as the death chair, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Since yeah. the third seat kids ended up lasting longer than an episode or two. Although I believe third seat kid from this episode is the longest lasting of all the third seat kids. Yeah, he kind of looks familiar himself. I don't know if just because we've seen him before or if he's in some other 90s things. But yeah, the the third seat kid in this episode I felt looked familiar and maybe it's because they use him the most for the rest of the season sure, sure. as like a, a, a third voice. Um, but okay, so... Michael Jacobs loved Topanga the character and felt the audience came around to the show during this episode. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you hear, if you, if you're able to find the Boy Meets World DVDs and listen to the commentary because you're total freako like nerds like me, you'll you'll hear Michael Jacobs just gushing over Daniel Fishel and just Topanga and just he is so in love with this character and what she brought to the show um, that he really felt like it found its place once she joined. Once she joined, that was the missing link. Everything else fell into place. And from there, we get the Boy Meets World that we know. Well, yeah, I think at this point in time, we have our perfect dynamic. Like we have the family and we have Corey and we have all of, you know, Feeny and all of these other outside elements that are important. But for like a really strong dynamic, you need that back and forth. And with Topanga, we get that back and forth between in this episode alone, we get a back and forth between her and Corey. There's chemistry there. We have Corey who has chemistry with Sean. Uh, as their friendship, their bromance. And then Sean has his own little foil with Minkus. So we kind of have like that, that four setup that is, uh, needed when you have a sitcom. And I, I really enjoyed it. Well, yeah. And, and later on, we kind of see Minkus trying to flirt with Topanga a little bit. So we have a little of that going on. He kind of becomes like an Urkel Laura type of relationship between yeah, them. Yeah. That's very true. Um, and, and yeah. And what I really like is that Topanga, challenges Corey every step of the way. Yeah. She is the opposite of Corey in a way. She is the Joker to his Batman. And she is just challenging everything he thinks about what is cool and what he should be doing and what his concentration should be on because he's been obsessed about baseball all this time and now a girl just kissed him. What's that going to do to him? Like, it's just, it, it really just changes him in so many ways, just her being her. I, I, you know what I just thought about, and, and I agree with what you were saying, but also before this, Corey, this is the fourth episode. Corey is obsessed with baseball. We've talked about that being his really first love. But after she kisses him, it, we kind of start to get a female perspective in, of things, and Corey starts to look at things through you know, girls, girls start to be more of a storyline after this. So I just think it's Corey, 
Corey's relationship with girls in this season is very much like a kid going to like a safari for the first time and just being like, "Ooh, a giraffe!" Like he has <laughs> no idea like what to even do with women, and that's evident based on his relationship with Topanga even in this episode. Yeah, yeah, completely. I just, as we will clearly say and repeat constantly, Topanga is one of the greatest additions uh, and one of the best casting choices that's been made on television. And Corey and Topanga are goals forever and always. And she's also like first love. Oh, yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. Um, All right. So now we're on to our segment. Feeny taught me. Feeny taught me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should actually. I was thinking we should do a little soundbite for that. Um, yeah, someone make us that, please. Right. Cool. Um, no, and then we are we talk about the lessons from the episode and the main takeaway. I think you called it early on, and I think just to kind of say it verbatim, what um, Feeney said early in the episode, which was that strange is in the eye of the beholder, is kind of the point of this episode. Even though I would say Feeney was not the one who directly taught Corey that episode, it was more so Topanga who taught Corey in this episode. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it's it's a lesson that is learned through Topanga, but I think Feeney summarized it best. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I agree with all that. Yeah. All right. And now it's time for our grades. All right, TC, what are you Ooh. giving this? Man, this is an A-plus episode. If you guys want some good Boy Meets World, dude, this is the episode for you. This is everything you want of, like, this show to be. Of All the characters are filling all of their roles great. Even Eric has some funny moments in the show because he's normally pretty bland and vanilla. I, there's no Lenny. Little <laughs> third seat kid like this is just the meat and potatoes of what you watch the show for exactly this gets an a plus for me as well i mean this is it's absolutely fantastic it does everything that we loved about the first episode and then we add topanga and this chemistry that's going to carry us throughout the rest of the series and i just think it's perfect and it's almost like if you're watching this episode and you've been watching the series, you're immediately going like if she weren't in the next episode, you go, oh, wait, where's the panga, though? Like you immediately miss her as an, an audience member. You're like, you, I'm attached to her. I want more of her. I need to see her again. Yeah, I, I will say that she is used so well in this episode that it would feel it would feel wrong to not have her. Like being the in the rest of the class scenes, you know, it's like a there they've established her so well in this episode that like if the rest of the season we never saw her again and it was just like the girl who was in class when we did the Romeo and Juliet, if that was the thing, then you would feel like why did we spend so much time with this character? Sure, yeah, and the other thing I think is that, and I may be unsure about this. I I don't remember them specifically saying it, but I feel like I've read this or heard this that Topanga's character wasn't supposed to be long term, but just because of how great she was, they kind of wrote her into the show. This show definitely rewards chemistry. Like if you have it, if you can keep up, if you can read, then they'll keep you around. Um, and if you don't, they won't. <laughs> or if they just run out of things to do with you, Jonathan, they're going to write you out. <laughs> you know what? You're getting again way down the line. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like penalize you every time you you say something that's just down like the a line. square jar but it's just like a season jar anytime a spoiler I jar yeah exactly oh, uh, we'll have to come up All with right. some consequence for that but anyway thank you guys for listening to this episode of Brum Meets World make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Brum Meets World or email us at Brum Meets World at Gmail you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege that's X 
X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. TC, where can I find you? Well, I mean, if you want to know what I'm thinking on Twitter, you should really visit Anna Kendrick retweets. Um, It's (laughs) Anna Kendrick RT. Um, I basically just retweet whatever Anna Kendrick tweets. Um, that's pretty much my Twitter life. I'm, I, I do a bit on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow like some fitness related stuff, I have a at a braver me. Um, but other than that, yeah, not really, not really too much on the Twitter. All right. So thank you guys again. Uh, remember to dream, try and do good every day of your lives, guys. Dream, try and do good. Later, bros. Later. Later.